Hello, everyone. My name is Kyle, and I'm very excited to introduce my friend and colleague, Grigory Kamulia. Uh, Grigory is the CEO, co-CEO of Alvia, an EA project that was founded late last year uh, with the goal of rapidly developing improved COVID vaccines. Grigory was previously the co-founder and CEO of TELUS Bioscience, a biotech company engineering high-impact protein therapeutics. Uh, before that, he was co-founder of Zeta Surgical, a startup focused on transforming surgery with collaborative robotics. Uh, before getting into entrepreneurship, uh, he developed methods for radically faster AI-based protein design in collaboration with Harvard Medical School and Kevin Esveld's team at the MIT Media Lab, and was an early organizer for Harvard EA. Uh, before I turn it over to Grigory, just a quick reminder that you can submit questions through the SwapCard app during the talk, and we'll be back uh, right afterward for a, a Q&A. Uh, please join me in welcoming Grigory. Hey, everybody. It's good to see you all. Um, I hope everybody's enjoying the AG as much as I am. Um, yeah, it's, I haven't been to one in a, in a long time, and, and this is a really special energy over here. Um, today I'm going to tell you a bit about uh, our story of Alvia, uh, a COVID vaccine sprint, um, some of the lessons we learned along the way, and uh, some breaking news. Uh, we are going to make this an informal short talk, and then we are going to uh, jump into Q&A. And at Alvia, we like to end meetings uh, a little bit early to give people time to, to um, uh, recoup and, and, and relax a little bit. So we'll, we'll end at about 25, and then um, me and a couple of other Alvia folks will be outside for uh, office hours. Uh, so our story starts late last year when my friend Ethan, uh, who is right over there, and, and I were sitting on a couch in an Airbnb in front of a whiteboard, uh, and we were properly freaking out about uh, the Omicron variant, uh, which was just starting to spread at the time. Uh, it was uh, more mutated than anything we've ever seen before. It seemed like it was going to evade immunity from vaccines and from uh, previous uh, COVID infections. And I was worried about myself, I was worried about my family uh, when this was happening. It was a very uncertain time. Uh, and it was also really clear that for people in low and middle income countries, only 10% of whom were vaccinated at the time, uh, this was making things a lot worse. And um, it didn't seem like uh, anything was gonna happen there. So um, Ethan and I, and uh, very soon lots of uh, great friends of ours who decided to join us, uh, we decided to do something. And, and here is uh, the um, uh, screenshot of, of, of the first whiteboard where we, where we were thinking about this. This, this is how we, we were thinking about our goal at first. And pretty quickly, in the first week of Alvia, we arrived at the design for Alviavax, which is a vaccine and a vaccine platform um, which is trying to serve the needs of, of, of people in low and middle income countries better. And um, we were really going for three things with, with Alviavax. We were going for uh, something that's adaptable to new variants very, very quickly, similar to mRNA vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna, 
but something that's also shelf stable that doesn't need cold chain to um, uh, distribute so that you can uh, get this vaccine to places that are otherwise very hard to reach. And uh, we were going for something simple so that, that we had a short at making this very, very quickly and we could get it scaled up if, if, if this works. And skipping over a month of work and, 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 and the very intense experience, on January 24, uh, we, we registered a new variant, BA2. Uh, the, the story seemed to, to repeat itself. There was a new Omicron. It was also evading immunity. And so we as a company decided to pivot and in fact make a BA2 adapted vaccine. And just 13 days later, these wonderful 18 sheep, these are the actual sheep, um, became the first animals in the world, as far as we know, to get vaccinated against BA2. And they're still feeling fine and, and living happily at, at, at their farm in New Jersey. And um, that's how we got started on the um, vaccine candidate that we have been speed running on ever since. And this has been a very, very intense experience. Um, we've had to make the doses of the vaccine. We've had to test uh, safety rigorously in animals. We've had to submit regulatory applications to governments and plan out the human, first in human clinical trials for this vaccine. And all of that in service of getting it to first patients as fast as we possibly could. So that's uh, where, where we've been at. This is, um, uh, so, so something that we've been working on for a long time. And today, for the very first time at EAG SF 2022, I am so, so happy to share that uh, our uh, first in human trial is now started in South Africa, just five months after we started the development of the BA2 vaccine, and just six months after we started uh, Alvia as a company. And uh, by now, we have 65 patients vaccinated against the BA2 uh, variant with a hope for broader protection against the variants to come. And uh, we're also very grateful to announce uh, that we have closed a funding round of $18.9 million from uh, EA-inspired investors to continue the work on the vaccine and to build towards uh, more medicines uh, that could be really impactful and um, as we have been running this sprint, uh, it has become clear to us that um, the medicines, um, like our vaccine, at the intersection of, of serving two neglected populations, uh, both people in low and middle income countries, and also future generations, people who may have to deal with COVID-19 and worse pandemics in the future, um, continue to, to, to be neglected. And there is lots of space for more medicines like the vaccine that we've, we've just built uh, that um, go to patients quickly, that enable easier distribution and adaptability, that are robust to supply chain disruptions. So we, we have decided at Alvia to continue this work uh, beyond COVID, beyond um, uh, vaccines for uh, all uh, medicines that, that we can find that are neglected and impactful. So now is a good time for, for us to reflect on what we've learned along the way um, as, we, as, as, as our trial gets underway. Uh, and because our team did not have DNA vaccine experience, we did not have any vaccine experience, 
and we've never translated the medicine from, from idea to patients before. Uh, so we, we had to do a whole lot of learning. And, and I want to share some of the lessons that, that ring true to me for people who are thinking about starting their own ambitious projects um, similar to Alvia. And one cultural practice that has been, been really big for us is, is, is this one goal where uh, we decided on a single impossible thing to do at the time. We, we wrote this down and we, we continued to talk and look and, and think about this goal. This is uh, below here is a real example. This is, this is the goal that we did in fact hit to submit the clinical trial application for uh, our vaccine in South Africa if our animal experiment was successful. And um, the key thing about this, this practice is that everybody in the company knows what the goal is. Everybody in the company looks at it all the time and thinks back from the goal every day for what they can do to um, enable success, to fight back risks and delays to the goal. And um, this uh, is, is easy to, and, 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 and a bit of an obvious thing to do, but, but did not occur to us until some, some time and, and, and really made, made a big difference. Um, so let's say you have an ambitious goal. Um, what's, what's next? I think um, stubbornness is, is a really underrated um, uh, thing. And, and um, for mission critical results at Avia, we have been really stubborn in that we, we've tried to do close to everything possible, everything imaginable to achieve the goal and to fight back delays that inevitably come up, to fight back uh, obstacles that, 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 that inevitably happen when, when, when you hit reality and when you try to, to put your plans in action. And um, I wanted to give an example of how far this, this can go. Um, and and uh, this is a key uh, mission critical deliverable for, for our clinical trial is, is comparator vaccines. It's trying to secure a small supply of vaccines that are already approved so that we can compare the immune response between our new vaccine and the old vaccines that are already out there. And this has been a known problem to, to get these vaccines. Here is a vaccine uh, R&D director at CEPI, a big vaccine funding organization, talking about how the progress has stalled on many vaccines because this comparator is not available. We've heard over and over again that this is not something that was possible, that this was not going to happen, that uh, we should just give up and, and try to find um, uh, other slower ways to, to um, get the information we needed. Uh, Along the way, our team got very frustrated and, and we, we kept ourselves up with, with memes, much like this. This is a historical real document of, of how we, we kept ourselves motivated. And we got it. At the end of the day, our South Africa trial involves uh, real comparator vaccines that um, we, we, we have been able to secure. And just for, for a taste of what it took, the team initially thought this would be a one to two week project. And uh, we ended up persisting at this for three months um, with, with various people on the team going in and out, contributing more ideas, trying to think of every single possibility. We talked to physician offices, we talked to governments, we talked to vaccine companies themselves, we talked to uh, concierge medicine providers for billionaires, trying to find any, any and all uh, possibilities to, um, to get this comparator. And at the end, one of the over 150, 160 organizations that, that we came across uh, help, helped us secure this, this crucial supply. So 
suppose you have the high impact ambitious goal that you decided on. Suppose you resolved to be very stubborn in fighting for it and, 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 and pushing back against delays and, and obstacles. The next piece is um, to us ownership. And this is a deep concept that we, we talk a lot about at Alvia. But uh, one important aspect of it is, is taking really a very extreme amount of responsibility for mission critical outcome. So on the way to our goal, for any important result, there would be a single person on, on the Alvia team who would own it. And what this means is uh, this person has both responsibility and the authority so that they can make decisions that uh, they need to make autonomously to achieve this outcome. And they also take an extreme amount of accountability. They, they really own uh, the consequences of these decisions. And they are responsible, no matter what happens in the world, to, uh, to get this done. And if it doesn't go well, if the outcome is not achieved, for, uh, there, there is no excuse to fall back on. This is, um, uh, if, if, if uh, a person you asked to do something did not, in fact, do that, or if somebody did not give you the information you needed to uh, complete the task, uh, this uh, does not absolve you of the ownership. And this, um, if, if you combine this authority and accountability in one place for every uh, important task, uh, what you get is, is two really wonderful things. You get fast, autonomous decisions where people with the most context to, to make a call on something end up uh, deciding and having the power to decide and make the right decision. And then you also get positive feedback loops because everybody makes lots of mistakes all the time. And uh, through that, people learn really quickly and uh, get to experience what, um, what their decisions uh, yield in the real world. And so get better through that. That's uh, a note about Alvia culture. Lots more to talk about there, but I wanted to, to talk a bit about some of the lessons we've learned about the world and how the world works. And this is a big one. <laughs> uh, it's really hard, and I didn't really appreciate how true this is for, it would seem like really critical pieces of our civilization for, for how much um, inefficiency and how much waste there is in how things are normally done. And to demonstrate that, I, I wanted to take us on a, on a quick tour of um, a vaccine factory and how it works in practice. So in theory, it's very simple. You have vaccine factory. You have all the things you need to make a vaccine in one place. And then on, on, at the end of it, there come out vaccines and vials that you can distribute and, and, and vaccinate people. Uh, to make the picture a little bit more complicated and closer to reality, Actually, there is usually two different facilities. One is a drug substance facility that makes vaccine in bulk, in big bags or big flasks. And then this goes into the second fill-finish facility, which uh, then uh, gets vaccines and vials. And those two places can be in different states of the United States. Sometimes it can, they can be in different countries altogether. And uh, that seems a bit inefficient. But um, this is not even close to the full story. Because when the bulk vaccine arrives at, at, at the second facility, they need to do what's called an intake. They need to figure out if they got the right stuff. Maybe something got mixed up in the mail uh, or, or some other problem came up. They need to verify that they got the right vaccine to do the filling into vials. And luckily, there is a machine that can, can a sequencing machine that can, can quickly test the bulk vaccine and figure out if it's the right stuff. But there is a catch. The fill finish places on almost all uh, big manufacturers that we've talked to do not have this machine. 
And luckily, uh, the drug substance factory, the factory that sends the material in the first place, they do have the machine. And um, what do you think happens? Exactly what you would expect. When you, as a fill finish factory, receive a big bulk flask, you take a small sample, and you send it exactly where it came from, right back to the drug substance factory, which may be in a different state, may be in a different country. The drug substance factory then runs the test, they send it to the machine, they get the results back, and then they send you the results all the way back to the fill finish facility. And only after that, you can get the shining uh, ready to use vials in the end. This entire nightmare eats uh, three weeks or more, usually. And um, as far as we've been able to figure out, there is no reason for this to, to, to be a thing. But this is so much a part of the business as usual of, of how, how this whole process works that drug substance people are really nice. They put a little sample of the vaccine that they're sending in the package so that they can save, save some trouble for the fill finish people to send it right back and um, run through the whole cycle. So this is a really small example, but it's all like this. Every single thing, there's is, there is hundreds of, of little examples, little inefficiencies that uh, you can figure out if you're really looking for them and if you're really, really motivated to do things faster than it's been possible to do before. And I think this means a huge space for EA entrepreneurs uh, throughout uh, all kinds of difficult problems, uh, even beyond pandemics, beyond, beyond uh, uh, global health. Uh, this is just um, a big uh, thing about the world and has been a big, a big learning for us. And uh, I will share just one more thought. Um, being here at EA Global and, and, and having gone through our experience, um, I really think the EA community is very strong. And if you go on the EA forum or uh, in lots of discussions here, there is a lot of reflection on how the community is maybe falling short about how we, we need to improve things. And that's extremely productive and, and, and great and, and is a great part of the community. But it's easy to take for granted what uh, we together have built over, over the past uh, years in the EA community. And uh, for, for Avia, this has been a huge uh, thing. Um, the people in the A community that we've interacted with are extremely motivated. They are willing to change what they're doing very quickly in response to an opportunity to, to do good. People, people are willing to, to radically switch careers, to leave jobs and startups that they work hard for if, if a big opportunity to do good comes up. And this has been a big factor in, in our success. And we wouldn't have been able to do what we did as fast as we did it without so many wonderful people in the A community. So, um, it's a really big deal and, and something that um, we can't take for granted. Um, I want to give huge thanks to the amazing Avia team, many of whom are here today, uh, to our great investors and advisors, many of them also, also EA-inspired. Uh, and here we can jump to the Q&A. Uh, please drop us a note if you want to talk more. We are hiring for lots of different positions, for scientists, for, for experts in all kinds of pharmaceutical things and operations and, and more. Uh, so if this sounds like a culture that, that you'd appreciate and the problems that you're interested in, we, we'd love to talk to you. Thank you.